split skin, you worthless penny poker. It wasn't funny or entertaining the first time or the eighth time. You might as well just take over the role of the husky claws or jism dogs of hardcore husky. Piss on you. Another one. Be the best. I'm out. I, you know, with Hitler, the more I learn about that guy, the more I don't care for him. Maybe I could be like an announcer, like a color man. <laughs> you know how I always make those interesting comments during the game? Yeah, yeah, you make good comments. The weather is perfect, the field is fast at the Rose Bowl for tonight's ball game. Well, I'm hanging out here on a Saturday morning with my two compadres, cracking open a Perrier. And we are going to talk about the first four games of the 2023 season, the first of a four-part series. Uh, about uh, the Washington Huskies last season. And, guys, I guess to kick things off, and, uh, Willie, we'll start with you on this. Um, I was a little surprised in the offseason between the 2022 season and 2023 season that numerous Huskies were publicly talking so openly about winning a national championship. And my thought was, let's temper it a little bit publicly and let's, let's, let's talk about a conference title and not a national championship. And, and lo and behold, you know, by season's end, we were actually in it. And what, what were your thoughts as uh, we headed into August last year with the, with the opener against Boise uh, on the horizon? Yeah, I didn't go back and listen to our preseason kind of like prediction pod, but I kind of remember my sentiment was similar to yours where I was like, Obviously, we had that great run in 2022. The team looked stacked, but I was like, especially the second, like, run, generally, like, after you have your great season, it's usually really hard. Like, I looked at, like, 2017, uh, you know, you go back to, like, 20, you know, 2001, 92. I guess 91 is, like, the good example of how it went well. Like, it's hard, and I was, you know, the team – came from such a low point and DeBoer was, you know, so early in his career, you're like, are they prepared? I was worried. Are they prepared for the level of pressure in college football of having to win every single game, take everyone's best shot. You no longer have that energy of like, Hey, we just put it together. You know, the pressure is different. Uh, and I thought, I, I thought they were being a bit optimistic, you know, being able to run the table national, not run the table national title. Uh, and I really didn't know what to expect too much. I, I think my official prediction was like 12 and two. I thought they would win the conference, but I thought they would lose a game or two. And I was like, I I feel like they're going to be like 2016. They're going to be right on the border of making, making the playoff. Like if everything goes right, maybe they can get in there. And that was pretty much my thought. And so yeah, I expected big things, but I also was super nervous. And Joey, what was rattling around in your noggin? Well, I'm pretty sure I I predicted uh, 14 and one, 
and a win in the Sugar Bowl and then a loss in the <laughs> national championship game. I remember that. I think yes. I, I think I I think I hit it right on the nose. Uh, no, I'm I I I seem to want to recall like I we I, I knew we could we could do it, but it, it was going to be hard. Uh, I I knew the team had the talent to uh, to run the table, but yeah, I mean it's just I you know you just look at there's things on the schedule you know as a as a you know Pac-12 fan, you could look at, you know, okay, we have to go to Arizona. That's going to be tough. We get the the back-to-back road games. You know, that's going to be tough. Uh, and then who are we going to face in the championship game? Since it's you know it's not split, you don't get the you know the champion of the South anymore. It's just you know, the two best teams. So could could you could have to face USC again or Oregon again in the championship game, which ultimately is what happened. I mean, they uh, the, the only team that was even a threat to make that game other than Oregon was Arizona, but a lot of things had to happen, and that would have been a rematch too. So, but nobody saw that coming, I don't think. No, no, but... Um, yeah, it was just what a, I, I was telling Lily Duke the other day, like we, I am not like, I'm not having football withdrawals right now. I, I feel like that season we maxed out everything you could hope for in that season. Yeah. It got to, we played the maximum amount of games and we got we got to the end. It's it sucks. It still sucks. Uh, but um, yeah, it's like I, that that season was so full of like emotional highs and and anxiety. like heart stop. <laughs> yeah, anxiety, heart stopping moments. That I, I I'm almost like good. I need I need seven months off. I I can't I can't watch. I can't watch this sport anymore. But let's let's let, let's tell the story properly, though. Uh, instead of jumping to the end, because um, uh, like with Boise, there's all this hype going into the game, and at the end of the first quarter, we're trailing six zero, and I'm yelling at my TV, and uh, <laughs> uh, you know it seems like we didn't even have a first down or something, you know, and and Penix ended yeah. up with 450 yards and five touchdowns. Will Nixon was our leading rusher with 48 yards on six carries. Uh, well, done, I was going to say, well, one thing you have to factor into the preseason feel is, like, you forget, again, it was like with Penix, you were like, he made it through 2022, but you're still like, this guy is like, a, you know, his injury history going into 2023. You're like, it's very possible that, like, on the very first drive, uh, the season. I mean, it, again, this could happen. Yeah, this could happen to anybody, obviously. But like with his injury sure. history, you're like going into this season. You're like, boy, let's hope he is okay. And I believe on the first drive, they had the ball against Boise State. He got sacked. And I was like, God, he got sacked like one time yeah. last year. And the first yeah. fucking drive against Boise, he gets hit on a fucking sack and like a three and out. And you're like, well, we're 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 off to a good start. And their their fans were like, their fans were like super pumped up because unfortunately we sit by a lot of opposing fans, 
and their their fans are like super jacked up and uh yeah for did, did like, somebody they, they, they make, uh yes yes but yeah. who saw, I, I don't think i didn't see it so i think i was the only one who saw it it wasn't like like flagrant but he just like kind of dropped his pants it's like weird angry guy we got some weird angry like fans this year for like teams you wouldn't think like there was like a ASU guy who flipped us off like the whole game it was like it wasn't Oregon <laughs> it wasn't like it wasn't like Oregon or the Cougs like they were actually their fans were actually pretty quiet and like docile uh but like ASU and Boise State had these like yeah I mean I'll put it on the boards I just can't uh with Boise State so I mean yeah we started out too like they hit a couple screen passes and like the slow developing Bush Hamden shit. You're like, is this really going to work? Like <laughs> his goddamn play action screen passes with like one receiver <laughs> with one receiver in the whole route tree. Uh, we're, we're working and we were like losing our minds. And these guys had a coordinated Michael Penix is a bum can't, which is like, huh? Like well, that's, that's what yeah. you're going with. Uh, these boys. And the Holani guys. It seems like he ran like a five oh, five yeah. forty. He gets the ball out in the flat. Yeah. And yeah. Just like the defense made a lot of guys look really fast this year. I would say that was the narrative of uh, uh, about every team. You're like, I thought this running back was slow and shitty. Why is he like just burning us? But uh, yeah, I would say that game. You can also throw in Dylan Johnson. We were like really excited to see him. He just looked slow when he looked like he couldn't break a tackle to save his life. Uh, I mean, it turns out he was hurt, which is again, like another weird thing of like his injury shit of like, he got hurt coming out of fall camp, but yeah, no, I think Boise, that was, it was a very challenging start to the season against Boise for a little while. I think Mike Leach was right. (laughs) (laughs) I think Dylan was a little soft. He ended up being uh, at one point. I, I, I even on the boards. I in in a, in a moment of euphoria. I I put him on par with Napoleon. I do take that back. Napoleon's still number one in my heart. But uh, uh, Dylan Johnson is uh, like uh, you know yeah, a great it's year. One A and one B. A great, B. Year. A great yeah. year. Such great yeah. effort. He's right up there with Miles Gaskin. You know so. Um, yeah. Uh, wait a minute. I'm, this thing is spiraling away from me now. Where the hell was I? Uh, Tulsa was the second game. There it is. Tulsa. So the Huskies in are one and oh, they host Tulsa on September 9th and, uh, they led 22 to three at halftime. They ended up winning 43 to 10. Penix goes for 409 yards and three touchdowns. Will Nixon again, the leading rusher. With six carries for 30 yards, Jalen McMillan, eight receptions, 120 yards, and a touchdown. Um, it was kind of just a whatever game as far as I was concerned. Somebody on the board said it was a beautiful day at Husky Stadium, but uh, what, what were your guys' takeaways from that, that it, matchup? It was. I, I, uh, I didn't get to watch it. I was, at, um, I was up in Darrington for a youth football game. So oh, that's I, right. I, it, but it was like it was like 82 degrees up there for a you know a mid September. I guess it would have been second week of September, right? So. And wasn't it was, your theory yeah. at the time that that your son's coach was an Oregon Duck and he was trying to fuck with you or something? Or. 
Oh, yeah. Do I have that right? Yeah, what, yeah, what, uh, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. What, I forgot what, what ended up happening with that. God, I can't remember. Make he, something he, up. He is a, <laughs> yeah, now I can't, yeah, I, now I can't remember what, what that was all about. Dang it. You were pretty pissed off at the time. Yeah, I was pissed off at the time. That might have been the, I yeah I forgot now I now I gotta remember what what actually happened now it's gonna bother me Derek this is good pod right here do you remember the Tulsa yeah, quarterback have... Roman Fuller lighting us up for eighty five yards <laughs> hey we had go to... ahead Willie no uh. You know, I would say it, it's nice to kind of break this into the first four games because you have to appreciate those games that weren't stressful. Uh, <laughs> not that not that Tulsa was expected to be stressful, but, like, now you appreciate it so much more. Uh, I only watched the first half at a dive bar in Twist because I was officiating my friend's wedding uh, that started around, I think, like, four or five I had to go, and it was pretty awesome. Uh especially because it was like a, a, a shitty dive bar, but it had like four TVs in like the angry old women that work there. I'm like, oh God, they're never going to be able to get Pac-12 network on, on this fucking TV. But thankfully there were some other Husky fans in there who looked like locals who I think harassed them until they finally executed it properly against their best, <laughs> against their like, you know, best efforts to fucking ignore you and not put it on and, say the TV was <laughs> fucked up or something. So I got to enjoy the first half. Game. I felt like, yeah, I felt like the game was over and it it was fun. I mean, I think those first two games, I think as you said, like Penix ended up with whatever, that stat line against Boise State was amazing. I think against Tulsa, the receivers looked good. I thought in both those games, McMillan was the guy I was like, damn, he looks like, he looked good in 2022, but like this guy looks like, extra legit this year. I was super excited. So, uh, you know, that kind of set up the rest of the season. One of the disappointments was how, like, just the way he moved and, like, how intense he seemed in both those games. So, yeah, you got to appreciate, even if it was Tulsa, you really look back and are like, God, it was nice not to be just, not just, like, white-knuckling for four quarters. What game was it last year that I thought it was the Tulsa game that we had a bunch of drops and, and it was like the team just wasn't focused and yet Penix only had 10 incompletions in that game, but I thought that was the Tulsa game. Am I confusing I that with the, another one? I think the Tulsa game, didn't Penix throw a deep ball to, because I was watching it on my phone, didn't he throw a deep ball to a Dunsey and he got interfered with or got held and the ball ended up being picked off and it was like pretty – it was like a pretty egregious penalty, that pretty mm. bad no call. I, thought, I, I don't thought remember I that. Something I, like that happened. Somebody was deep. Somebody was deep downfield and had the ball hit him right in the numbers, and they were all alone and they dropped it. I, I thought that was the Tulsa game that we had. We had a bunch of drops. It was like yeah. Uh, it was like a sloppy. What what was the score like? Forty three to ten or something like that. Yep. It it was like a really sloppy, you know, blowout. Yeah, I. 
into one sometimes for me. I remember remember the Boise game, we kind of forget because it ended up being an easy win, but there was some really bad officiating in that one. I think when they were struggling, that was just the stadium was irate. Like, I think there was like a uh, a grounding, like their quarterback just threw the ball and he was like in the back of the end zone to no one. Uh, and then they oh, didn't get yeah. a grounding call somehow. <laughs> it's like, yeah. They, yeah. I think yeah. they said he was out of the pocket, but he was like five feet, like, you know, yeah. from the center of the fucking end zone. Uh, yeah. And there's some, I think that was that. There was like that. There was also like a bad interference, like either maybe that was Tulsa where there was like a bad interference call, no call. And then there were like, it was a big thing. So yeah, I mean, both those games I remember were sloppy at times, which was kind of like a, you know, which would kind of like, you know, show to be a trend for the team the rest of the season other than bad officiating. So like, even though they got the blowouts, it was, it seemed way harder than it needed to be. And it seemed like the, the officials were just constantly trying to, were killing momentum, which was again, like specifically the momentum kills were like a, a, a big narrative of the season, you know, uh, especially when connected to penalties too. Listen to this. In October, Tulsa lost to Rice, 42-10. to 10. And then the next week, Tulsa lost to SMU, 69-10. to 10. Yeah. Yeah, Tulsa was bad. Uh, but there was I talk that my... Tulsa was tougher last year in September, I remember. Uh, so they lost to Oklahoma, 66-17. to 17. I mean, those programs, you... You never know what you're going to get. I think like once you drop down to like their level of program, it, it's a, like sometimes those teams like you just you play them early in the season and then you stop paying attention. And sometimes you look up and in the season they went like ten and two, and then sometimes they went two and ten, and it's really hard to. It's really Boise State was kind of like that. I was like, is this Boise State team terrible? But and then they like and, and like they kind of looked like it for a while. Then I think they won the Mountain West, and you were like, Jesus, uh, I guess that was a better. That was a pretty decent win. Yeah, uh, it was like that 2017 when uh, – I think it was 2017 when they played – that was the infamous, you know, cupcake schedule, right? They they played Fresno State, and, you know, that got accused of being a cupcake, but Fresno State ended up going like 10-2 and and I think may have won the – Mountain West that year or something like that. Yeah. But that's another game where you look up, they blow out a team and you're like, oh yeah, no big deal. Then at the end of the year, you're like, oh shit, Fresno State ended up being pretty, pretty good. And Kalen DeBoer was, you know, on that staff. So. So should we move to the next week? Yeah, I would say, I mean, Coming out of the two games, like, Boise State was, like, a really good B game, and, you know, yeah. they ended up blowing them out. They it, Tulsa was sloppy, but they got the they got a win, so it felt pretty good. You didn't feel, like, ecstatic, but it definitely felt good after those first two games. Well, what was good about the Boise State win was you kind of – before going into it, you thought, uh, okay, this is, like, the defensive scheme that – could give us trouble, you know. Yeah, true. Yeah, you had a, uh, you know, it's it's the old, you know, it's the old Boise State, you know, Quitkowski 
prevent defense shit, you know, or whatever. And, and, uh, yeah, you thought like, Oh, okay, this, this could be a problem. You know, uh, what Andy Avalos is running here. So, but it, and it was good to hang. What was the score? 52 to 16 or something. So it was good to put up 50 against them. Maybe it was. I'm thinking that's the Cal game was 59, wasn't it? Um, yeah. So, um, so we'll, we'll move on to the next week then. Yeah. So the next week, it was actually uh, before kickoff. Uh, I talked to my old roommate Ricky from uh, from 30 years earlier. It's the first time we had talked in 30 years, and he he was from Michigan, fled Michigan, and he these days he's back in Michigan. So he- he didn't lose that number. Uh, no. Uh, what, no. You mean his phone number? <laughs> <laughs> Big thud. I guess. That, that is lame. Just, that is a, lame. Just, <laughs> just some country music. That is a very they lame are, joke. It's a, okay. it's a Steely Dan. It's a Steely Dan song. There we go. Okay. I'm not a Steely Dan guy, so. Mm. Did Steely Dan have a former roommate that now lives in Michigan and still have the same number? They had a song called Rick. They had a song called Ricky. Don't lose that number. Oh wait, I remember somebody making that reference on the boards at the time, and I didn't understand it. Okay. Oh well, it was a big big thud, and I stole a joke. Damn it. (laughs) Okay. Uh, anyway, so he was, uh, it was a very animated conversation. In fact, kickoff got underway and he was still jabbering. And I was like, look, we've talked enough as it is. Can we talk at halftime or we'll text after the game? The game's going, you know, and he's, uh, he's always been, uh, uh, you know, back then and now that Washington sucks. Washington's overrated. The Pac-12 is terrible. And, uh, <laughs> and, Michigan State was going to wipe the floor with us and everything, and then 35 nothing wow. at halftime. Huskies lead 35 zip. I texted him, no response. Uh, final score, of course, was 41 to seven, and it could have been a lot worse. We didn't even Huskies didn't even score in the fourth quarter, and uh, I texted him again, no response, and I didn't hear from him for weeks. <laughs> That's typical, Ricky. But uh, anyway, I think uh, there one. This, their one scoring drive, uh, the Huskies were going in to score, right? And uh, I think, you know, Morris was in the game, and he threw a slant to, like, was it Tayshawn Lyons or Keith, or Keith Reynolds? No, it was all the backups were in. He threw a slant to, like, it might I have been Tayshawn interfered with. It might have been Tejan. Well, McMillan got hurt in that game. Um, right. That's the On game the he got hurt in. Or, long, or the long throw or whatever. Down yeah, the sideline. but I think it was to like – it was one of the young receivers and it went through his hands. He should have caught it for like a touchdown and they intercepted it. And could it, I, I don't know. It could have been Penix was in the game. was in the game, but uh, – That sounds familiar. Yeah, though, I remember – I remember that led to their only scoring drive, and it was like it was like, well, they could have they could have shut out a, a Big Ten team on, on the, the road, road that was on undefeated. the road in their stadium. I mean, you got to go back to the 
the narrative, not the narrative, the actual actuality of the situation going into that game for Michigan State. Uh, right. I mean, you couldn't make up – if no lawyer told you that was going to be the, the case, you would just be like, what the fuck are you talking about? Uh, you know, Michigan State's coach is suspended. I can't remember if he was fired at that point for – masturbating the phone calls with the with the sexual assault uh the sexual assault consultant lady uh you're just That's like the what the fuck yeah and i mean it didn't seem like i think michigan state was two and oh against crappy teams at that point but like you're right. like how are they going to react are they going to like be excited and happy they don't have one for anymore? the zipper. and yeah are they going to be like <laughs> are they just going to be like fuck, uh, it sucks playing at this program, what the fuck happened, and it turned out, I mean, it seemed like they they did not seem greased up. It seemed like they were kind of like, <laughs> get us the fuck out of this seat. I, I kind of right feel like they were like, uh, yeah, they were like, oh my god, we have to play nine more fucking games of this season, and Washington just uh, mopped the floor with them, and <laughs> probably the best... <laughs> That I mean that overall that was probably I think the best thing the Huskies looked all season uh, in a full game. You know, uh, oh, easily. granted we know, yeah we know the opponent like not factoring in like the opponent obviously, but you know, I feel like that was the most enjoyable game too. There was never like a, um, I mean we'll get to the next one, but which I think is the only one that's kind of in question. But like the most overall enjoyable game, like just. From the get-go, you were like, not only are they winning and blowing them out, but, like, their the plays are amazing. There was, like, that play where Penix uh, threw the ball into, like, a guy's back, and then it bounced to Polk, and he ran it in for, like, Polk caught it and ran it in for, like, a 25-yard touchdown, 25-yard uh, yeah. touch, touchdown, which was, like, an awesome play that you feel like never happens for the Huskies, but happens for other teams. So, the highlight. Jack Westover three touchdown catches. Yeah. Yeah, the highlight package yeah. from that game was super fun. Yeah, getting the getting him touchdowns. Dylan, I think that was Dylan Johnson's breakout game where you finally he looked he looked like much different. He looked faster and like he could break tackles. So that was fun. Even though Michigan State sucks, you know you play a borderline top twenty five program in college football history and on the road and you just you know steamrolling like that. That doesn't happen very often, no matter no matter who you are as a program. But here's do, my favorite part of that, the game. Uh, oh, go, go ahead. ahead. Oh, okay. My favorite part of the game, though, was that Michigan State, in an attempt to provide some instant stability, uh, brought former coach Mark D'Antonio back to the sideline as a consultant, and the camera kept going to him, and he just had this blank look staring at the field, and I just thought that was great. <laughs> he wasn't doing anything. Yeah, you brought you brought a guy back that, that was part of uh, the other sexual misconduct scandal, you know, that was going on with that school, with that Larry Nasser guy. Yeah, so you bring oh, him right. back. Great move. Uh, do you remember the – remember, it, it might have been from Michigan State's opening drive. Remember the uh, – there was like a ZTF fumble or uh, it was a pass that got reviewed or, or – like yeah. the guy's arm wasn't going forward, and and it was obvious on the replay, and even the replay guys on, you know, on uh, that game was on Peacock. There, even the guys calling the game were like, were like, baffled at how it 
it didn't get, you know, overturned or whatever. Right. Yeah. Well, we yeah, could have easily put uh, six. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that was uh, another one of the few games, too, against, like, a non-mobile quarterback. We were like, boy, this is fun. Uh, and, uh <laughs> They just destroy non-mobile quarterbacks. So if the quarterback has any mobility, it, it, you're like, well, here comes four quarters of frustration. Uh, <laughs> and we're well, Washington. We're going we're gonna to continue to forever ourselves start a non-mobile quarterback. So uh, that's that was fun. You know, I think that like, I think they got a bunch of sacks that game. ZTF uh, might have got two, and yeah, that one should it was definitely like a strip sack, but like. Again, the whole fucking year, just can't get a call. Well, that was but the remember, weird thing about about Boise State is they had a mobile quarterback, and they just did not seem interested in letting him run. Right. Yeah, what's that guy, Jaden Green or whatever? Yeah, I think, and he was actually sub, I'm not looking at it right now, but he was like 19 to 39. But so he was sub fifty percent. But he was. I remember thinking. I remember saying after the game, either on the boards or on our podcast, that uh, you know we should go after him to transfer and just get him into our system. But uh, I, I th- you know, I thought he was very badly misused in that game. And if they had him roll out and run some, that they could have done some damage. Yeah. Absolutely. By the way, our leading rusher in the Michigan State game, none other. Then Tybo Rogers, 74 yards on 15 carries. So it wasn't Dylan Johnson. Hell yeah, Tybo. I, I'm 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 Tybo. I'm a Tybo guy. Yeah, I'm pro Tybo. <laughs> um. So and, and I just remember, and again, a few minutes ago, I said it was Jalen McMillan, and maybe I'm wrong. I don't know, but in my mind's eye. I could see somebody running like it was like a wheel route or something heading towards the end zone, and they've got this like uh, either a safety or a linebacker just like draped all over our guy. And it was an easy call to make and they didn't, it would have been an easy touchdown and uh, was not called. So we had to like kick a field yeah. goal. And uh, that sounds right. Yeah. Uh, no, it was also fun for that game. I had a pretty good friend though. And he was like, going into, we were all going to watch it. We all watched the game together at the bar in Seattle. And he was like, like you dub man. They like, the receivers are good, but they're just like good college receivers. Like they're not like NFL guys. And then the game, but by the end of the first quarter, he was like, "Oh shit, uh, these receivers are." Uh, I do like these receivers, man. Like, yeah, I fucking told you. Like you're like, yeah, yeah. I, yeah but y'all have to factor in. I was and then I was really drunk at this bar, and then when McMillan got hurt, I kind of did what I did with Jake Locker against Oregon State in 2007 where I was, like, distraught and texting everyone, like, fuck, you kidding me? Because I was pissed. Because, again, it was, like, the third straight game where he just looked like – he looked like an absolute beast. Uh was my favorite of the three receivers, even over Odunze at that point. And it was like, we got this guy fucking hurt up, like, 35-0 to zero, trying to get, like, a fucking score before the half and running trick plays. And I – I still have some salt about that. Obviously, everything worked out, but, like, I thought that was pretty – and you can't really – you can't predict a guy getting injured, you know, uh, and teams have come back from 35-0. to zero. you got to keep trying to score at that point. But I was not happy that they got him hurt, really, in essentially garbage time. 
Has anybody since UCLA, Texas A&M been down 35 points and come back to win? (laughs) And I didn't think that. If anyone was not coming back, it was that Michigan State team. Uh, Yeah, which kind of even more makes my point of, like, they really fucked up a lot of the season up 35-0. to You know, I think they had to play before. They, like, faked a punt or they faked a knee with – and then had McMillan run a sweep. Like, like, why are you – like, it was fun and it was – you know, a cool play, but you're like, one, why are you doing this? And, like, two, like, save that for a game where, like, you're not up 35-0. to zero. Then they threw that right. jump ball, and he that he tweaked his knee on, like, a, a deep a deep fade type of situation that, like, you know, you're up by that much in, in the first half, like, right before halftime. Like, pack it in, you know, throw, get your – get Tybo some more fucking carries. So that was, like, the only thing, and that obviously played a big – a big role in the season, if nothing else for also me. I was just really excited to – everything worked out so well that I forget how pissed I was that, like, I wanted to watch those three receivers play all year, and we didn't really get to um, yep, until – we didn't really get to again until the Sugar Bowl uh, – I mean, the the Pac-12 championship. Uh, yeah. Truly get to watch them. So, yeah, that was that was a shitty – that was a nega nega husky you know moment right there. And uh, and then before we move on to the uh, last game that we're covering in this episode, uh, I'll we'll throw in these stats here. The Huskies against Michigan State had 713 total yards, and they averaged 10 yards a play. Yeah, that's amazing. That was pretty awesome. And so let's see, last but not least for this episode, we've got, uh, let's see, September 23rd, 2023, uh, the Cal Bears came to town. And for me personally, it's kind of a bittersweet thing because originally it was supposed to be, uh, you know, my my dad is uh, about to turn 85 years old and his health is in decline. And uh, so the plan had been for months that I was going to take him to his he took me to Husky Stadium as a, you know, a five-year-old uh, in a game against Virginia in 1976. And then so it was just kind of a bookend thing where I was going to take my dad to his his final game at Husky Stadium. And he, he first went to a game at Husky Stadium to see Oregon when his dad, my grandpa, took him in 1951. And then, and then my dad enrolled at Washington as a freshman in 1957. Um, but um, – uh, what was my point? Uh, oh, so, but be, based on circumstances most related to his health situation, um, we weren't able to go, and we ended up watching it at a uh, at a bar in Applebee's in Gig Harbor. <laughs> um, and uh, so it was uh, 24, I think the Huskies jumped out like 24 to nothing, or they had scored like three times before the offense even had the ball. Um and Penix had 304 yards and four touchdowns. Dylan Johnson had 66 yards on 10 catch, uh, 10 carries, and then Jalen Polk eight catches, 127 yards, and two touchdowns. And it was Cal sometimes gives us trouble here and there, but it was like old times with them, and we led 45 to 12 at halftime. So, what, what were your guys' thoughts? I guess you guys I'll there? Go. Oh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> thought I lost both of you. Okay, 
<laughs> I was kind of busy for a second. Uh, <laughs> no, I. What's his I, name? Uh, I brought. I brought. Yeah, right. I brought Sorry. my. Uh, I brought my son and a friend to that game, and I remember. Yeah, getting up by such a big lead. There was a. Uh, uh, there was just a number of big plays, uh, and at one point, my son's friend he like turned over to me. He's like, "We're just too good. We're just too good." <laughs> I remember thinking in my head, like, like uh, something wants me to temper his enthusiasm, but, but I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, they honestly, they actually do look really fucking good. I, they got up. Okay, they had a pick. They have a pick six or a fumble return for a touchdown, right? First drive, right? And then Rome gets the punt return for a touchdown, and yep. so they're up like fourteen to nothing before. And Cal has like three possessions before Michael Penix even touches the ball. Yeah, crazy, crazy game. I remember they had a he had a a good uh, he had like a good fade route or something to the to the east end zone. It was right in front of us, a big touchdown too, like a big deep ball. Yeah, they maybe, uh, the, yeah, they maybe a, it was the Polk. Maybe it was the Polk. No, well, yeah, they had yeah. some amazing uh, passes. I think Polk, the Polk and Odunze. There was one to Odunze that was like one of the best passes and just plays of him and Pennix's career where he just launches it and you're like, Jesus, he looks covered. Like, there's no way he's going to, like, kept, this is going to work. And then he, I think it was right before the half or something. And. The ball just lands perfectly, and the coverage is pretty good. And Odunze makes an amazing catch in, like, the front of the end zone. And you were just, like, kind of uncorked. You officially were like, Jesus, this is, like, amazing. Uh, I think it was Ulafoshio had a pick six in the first play from scrimmage, which just never fucking happens. Yeah, it was, like, one of those plays that never happens for the Huskies. You feel like (laughs) they just kind of, like, deflate Cal from the get-go. And, like, as you were saying, like – you go nervous into Cal. Uh, I think they had played Auburn really tough, which, you know, Auburn ended up kind of sucking, but they, they lost to Auburn like 10 to nine or something. So you were like the week before or a couple weeks before. And, you know, Cal has that prevent kind of defense, usually has good DBs. They play physical D with Wilcox. So you're worried. And McMillan, that was like the first game of the song and dance of like, will McMillan play? Will he not? He'd, he didn't go out there, and you were like, shit. Uh, but then they just, like, Odunze and Polk just, like, went off. And it was like, that was maybe probably the most enjoyable game to me because I was there. It was at home. The team just looked on both sides of the ball, looked, like, unbelievable. Um, it really felt like, to me, that was, like, the game where you were like, okay, this team maybe could win a national title, especially if that's them without McMillan. Um, I think some of the line was already – beat up at that point too like they're they, they're missing a bunch missing a bunch of guys too and you're like jesus uh this is fun this team's legit and they gave up a lot of points in garbage time which was funny because uh a lot of the analytics losers like too like throughout the season like used that against them they were like oh like washington duh, duh, duh. it's like yeah because they gave up like 500 yards of offense to cal because they had to play a whole entire half of football uh same with michigan state like with the second and third team like that's part of why their analytics are terrible uh at least on defense but 
Uh, yeah, that, that was, was like the start yeah. of the. That was like the start of the imaginary victories for other, for the other <laughs> opposing teams. Like, it's like, oh, you you allowed this many to Cal. And yeah. It's like, yeah, you didn't watch. You obviously didn't watch the game. Yeah, they were legitimately up. What like it was like forty eight or forty five to fourteen at the half or something, and then the second half they just 12, had to like. Yeah, yeah the game yeah. just wouldn't end because they were like. Obviously, they took all the starters out to save people, but Cal kept like scoring against the against the you know the scout team. So uh, that was one of the more enjoyable Husky games I've ever been to, just because, especially given how fucking tough Cal has played Washington for uh, almost ten years of just every game was just a slog, and they just came out and from the very first play. Uh, amazing. Also, you know, shout out the the great media for never considering Romo Dunze as a Heisman candidate whatsoever. Uh, that punt return was fucking awesome. And, yeah. uh, you know, I think, I think they did that kind of like they were, they kind of did that to try to help build up his, uh, uh, you know, his stats yeah. here for awards, which again, also shout out, no Bolitnikoff award. Uh, this is yeah, that, the punt, the punt return yeah, was awesome. Yeah. That was capped off. You know, that was, I also remember, that was like the one time of the season where the national media kind of like, and the Twitter losers were kind of like, wow, like Washington looks like a machine. Like they look great. That would all come crumbling down, uh, you know, as we know later in the season, but that was the one time when people kind of like, uh, were impressed. And it was the last time for fans. It was the last time the whole game the whole entire game was not an entire, just a stress, a stress monster. Uh, that was it. So that was kind of like our fun cap to the the first uh, third of the regular season. But just think about it. 59 points, all those yards. We looked like a machine. And, you know, a mere, what, uh, three three weeks later or three games later, uh, this team can't score an offensive touchdown against ASU. So go figure. We don't want to get out of ourselves here. But, but, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, it's funny, the first – before the season, you know, the, the defenses you thought would have worried you, you know, you played two two teams with defenses that before the season started, you thought, oh, this could give us trouble, these two defenses. And you ended up scoring over 50 on both of them. Yep. You know, with, with Boise State and Cal. So it ended up being like – <laughs> ended up being like Johnny Nansen and and the old Cougar D coordinator for Arizona State that were like the toughest. Yeah, but we'll get we'll yeah. get to those games later. It was also yeah. also the harbinger of like that was yet another game where like uh, it didn't look like it was gonna rain, and then like all of a sudden like the first mm-hmm. quarter, like right right before the game started. We started getting these. They were off and on, but just like really heavy rain showers. It's just like every game I felt like the rest of the year, uh, at least at home, was just had the same fucking weather. Where you're like, it wasn't supposed to rain, and then all of a sudden, like the closer you got to kickoff, it either started to say it was going to rain, or it just started getting higher, and like the rain started getting more and more intense. And you're just like, it was not a lucky season in that regard. Uh, but also, you know, I, I would say that was a good – that was another game where 
it was like a seven or seven. That was a big game in their regard that it was like seven or seven thirty kick. It's Cal who isn't that exciting, and they had a, and it was a good crowd. Like it was pretty close to full, even though it was raining and it was a late game and Cal sucked and people were into it. It was fun and that kind of like was another signifier of like, hey, we're back at least for one season. Like it was it was a good Husky Stadium crowd for a random conference game uh, against a a not too exciting team. It, yeah, it was a it was a good crowd. Yeah, yeah, I do now. I remember that. Yeah, it was it was a decent crowd. All right. So then, uh, for the uh, for our next episode, uh, the Huskies will be going into that four and zero, and we'll be covering the Arizona game, the first Oregon game, the Arizona State game, and the Stanford game, and. Uh, so uh, we'll, yeah. we'll talk again soon, guys. Here, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Sponsored by Rolex. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So here comes. This. Yeah. <laughs> the Rolex probably doesn't want anything to do with hardcore husky, but. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm make a wild guess, and yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> so maybe maybe hardcore husky will come out with its own own brand of uh of antacids but uh yeah, all go. right <laughs> so all right talk to you guys soon yeah all right yeah, yeah. thank you for listening to the hardcore husky podcast this show is copyrighted material in other words stop plagiarizing our shit fuckos so please tell a friend and rate us five stars on itunes especially you cheap bastards who don't donate it's the least you could do yeah i'm looking at you creepy coog and come join our fun at over at hardcorehusky.com. We've got Husky Football, Yellow Snow's Record Shop, and our notorious Tug Tavern, which is which is a shit show of politics and strange news. And if you enjoy yourself and are ready for the next level, level of cyber peyote. peyote, come join Swain's Wigwarm. <laughs> I'm going to have to read this over. Swain's Wigwam, yeah. Swain's Wigwam at Navajo Nation's Gift to College Football. It's also the official private club of hardcore Huskies. We're talking boobs, guns, and inside information. All for the low, low fee of $129 a year. Come join the fun. <laughs> I have to redo that one, but... <laughs>